Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A huge thank you to Neon, our favorite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture possible. Kia ora everybody and welcome to one of our last editions of Culture Vulture. Liv, how are you feeling? Oh, look, feeling fucking good, Yeah, to be I'm feeling pretty fucking um, good too. Yeah, next app is going to be a bit of a fun yearly wrap-up, but... Oh, I can't wait for I a yearly know. wrap-up. Just to go through all the weird, like, pop culture moments. So much trend. shit has happened this year. I know. I know. So much. So, everyone, tune in next week for that. Yeah, so but, that's exciting. But this week... You might hear, I still have a little bit of a vocal hemorrhage. Vocal hemorrhage is rearing its ugly head again. And that is because we can't stop having fun. We can't stop. We can't stop. We can't stop stop. going out. Actually, it's not rearing its ugly head, it's rearing its sexy head. You still sound sexy. Yeah. What do you reckon? Do you think it's sort of, um, you're doing it on purpose? Yeah, I'm definitely putting it on, actually. (coughs) No, it's unnormal. Liv? What are we talking about this week? Because we always do this really sort of late, don't we? we I know, do we always do. We always news. sort of come in, but we need to tell you what is actually up, what you're actually going to be listening to. So this week we're talking all about Olivia Rodrigo again and yeah. Joshua Bassett because yes. he's released some new music and sort of the whole discussion around what it's like to have a song written about you and how much we should sort of air about our private lives and like... And whether impo- it's up to the artist. Yeah, and the like, importance of art in society yes. and what it, you know, tells us about humanity. Um, and just, so, yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, he has had a pretty rough ride with Sour and everything that's come out sort of about him. And we just want to dive into that because there's been a lot of discourse, yeah, especially on TikTok. There has been. Uh, yeah, there has been on TikTok. Before that, though, we are going to get into the... Kim Cattrall, Sarah Jessica yes. Parker feud because so relevant right now with the reboot. Watched the first step last did night. Did you? I did. Good. I did. Did you like it? I did. It's on Neon, everyone. By the way, so it's like you can get a fourteen day free oh, trial. Yeah. to go fucking watch it, and you should. Honestly, it is worth well so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel, it's worth it for the nostalgia. Oh, absolutely. I feel like it was a little bit stilted at the start, yeah. and. You know, they have to set all of the background, yes. like as to why Samantha's yeah. not there, which we are going to yeah. go into in this episode, which is very exciting. But also, you know, they ha- kind of have to set the scene. It's all a bit awkward. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. Well, sort of yeah. Kind of well like the oiled. movies, which weren't quite on the level of the TV exactly, show. Exactly. But I found by halfway through, I'd sort of just slip back into that nice. old Sex in the City sort of vibe. Sarah Jessica Parker has not aged a day. Oh. She's amazing. I mean, they all look amazing, to be honest. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, Luce, first off, what um, described your week? So the the thing that describes not just my week, but my weeks from here on in, and your weeks, and And Ruby's Ruby's weeks, weeks. is something that we have called, say it with me, Liv, Petty Petty Girl Girl Summer. Summer. Now, me and Liv, 
Uh, not particularly petty. I Neither's Ruby. No, I but wouldn't say we're petty people. Lives in the room with me, so if I forget to mention Ruby, just she's part of this as well. Always. We're not particularly petty people. Like, we just go about our lives, fucking having fun, blah, 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 blah. We've decided that this summer, like, if we need to say something, if we need to do something, like, we're on our own waves, we're going to say it, we're going to do it, we're going to love every second of it, and we're just going to let loose and we be are. a bit petty, I think. We are. It's our take on Hot Girl Summer, but, yes. you know, we've already nailed that. So <laughs> we <laughs> have Hot Girl Summer for, like, our whole lives. Exactly. So Petty Girl Summer, I think it's like, we've been locked up for fucking four yes. months. We need to... Look- <laughs> on our mouths <laughs> oh my god this is we so funny just, i know I it's like we're actually nice and this yeah. is kind of a joke guys but we're just gonna go back to our hometowns and live it up like we're obsessed with our hometown oh fucking we amazing. love going back with <laughs> vocal hemorrhage we are um from blenheim which is a small town at the top of the south island and like we owe everything to that place eh? oh man we would you say ran a little bit of a riot well, growing up? Well, totally. We totally ran a bit of a riot, but not as much of a riot as we're going to run when we get back Exactly. Home. Christmas Eve, get at us. Oh, honestly, look out. The local pub. Town. Honestly, <laughs> local won't pub. know what's hit up with Petty, Petty Girl Summer. Petty Girl Summer. Petty Girl Summer. So, so my week and Liv's week and Ruby's week and rest of year is Petty Girl Summer. Liv. So we'll let you know how that goes back <laughs> in January. Yeah. We will when we jump back on the mic. We'll, we'll give a petty girl update. No, and we'll totally be like, no, honestly, someone wronged me, and I just I let them I let them do it because I'm a nice person. I know <laughs> because totally. No, don't have much pettiness, but yeah, if we're gonna try. Someone wrongs it. us. We're going to their house, knocking on their door, and saying, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> it's just petty. Honestly, watching you. What are we gonna say, Lucy? What are we gonna say? <laughs> or maybe I'll write about you in the newsletter. That would be oh, more of a petty girl. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Love what describes your week. Oh, my week has been described by creativity, I would say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit broad, I yeah, know. But, broad, but um Lucy and I did pottery on Saturday for our friend Evie's birthday, who also I think might participate in Petty Girl Summer. Which all of you guys everyone. should get on, on board as well. Please email me all your Petty Girl Summer things. Oh, and please do. I'll do a roundup of all the Siska Petty Girl Summers. Petty anyway. Girl Summer. Anyway, we made cute little mugs. So cute. Honestly, so fun. I thought I was going to hate it. Anyone that's not practical and doesn't like spending time on things like me, I really thought I was going to hate it. Got there. Loved it. Oh, absolutely loved it. It was a place of self-expression. Mm. Everyone was – most people made booby mugs, which yeah. was quite cute. Lucy made one with just a Lucy, 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 Lucy. Lucy, 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 because it was stamps, and I'm not creative, and I'm a huge narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> And Liv, you've also been doing a lot of painting and a I lot have. of pastelling. I've been doing, I um, got a voucher for an art shop for my birthday, um, which was a few weeks ago. The dreaded 24 still scared about it. But anyway, um, I got Head some to pastels. Oh, yeah, by the way, don't forget my birthday. That was a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. haven't, I'm pity. So if you haven't said something. So you should probably say happy birthday, belated. But mm. anyway, I bought some pastels. I bought some, spent like fucking 200 bucks. And Honestly, I just am so happy yeah. just sitting there with my little sketchbook. Also, been watching a lot of art vlogs on mm. YouTube. There's a girl called Valerie Lynn. She's really, really cute and mm. very philosophical. And Lived I always love that. Lived a really cool pastel, um, like big picture of me, like holding my coffee, and everyone walks in and just goes, 
is that Lucy? And Lucy. Liv's like, yeah, it is. And so now, you know how I just said I was a narcissist? Well, it doesn't help when there's a fucking huge photo <laughs> mural of Lucy on the wall. <laughs> Maybe we it's should really do that. really beautiful, though. Liv, do you want that for your room? And then just no. Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> I do have big boobs on my um, wall of my room. I, which could say, I do have big boobs. <laughs> I do have big well, boobs. Actually, you do have big boobs. So, well, I really thought we weren't going to overshare in this episode after the ant pheromones <laughs> chat. But I know that was the next level. Wasn't then it? again, here we are, comfortable as hell on the mic. Oh yes, absolutely. But Luce, you've got to go into naughty or nice because I am so excited to hear about all of the SJP drama I with Kim Cattrall and everything else that's going on. Right. Well, they are the epitome of petty girl summer. So yeah, this is lifetimes. a petty girl, petty girl story, right? Yeah. So everyone probably by now knows. Also, there's going to be a few spoilers in here for Sex in the City or for the reboot and just like that. But um, honestly, I don't think you need to skip any of this because it's all stuff that we already know or could assume was going to happen. So Kim Cattrall, who plays Samantha in the famous Sex in the City saga or series or whatever you want to call it, is not in the reboot and we all know this and would you say that like samantha largely brought the sex to the sex in the city so without her it's just kind of the city (laughs) that's actually so true she was i would say 60 percent of the sex on that show and i am obsessed with her character to be fair amazing so obsessed she probably had a lot of ants that she'd killed in her room that just gave her those honestly she absolutely must have maybe she had it in her perfume and would just spraying it all over herself but I think that sh- this was quite groundbreaking for the time. Totally. I you remember know, seeing the rabbit. And now, oh, we, yes. do you own a rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember just thinking, like, uh, kind no, of iconic. Not a rabbit, but very similar oh, to a rabbit. Yeah. Yes. I have an actual rabbit. Oh, my it's God. Great. We overshare so much on here these days. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, Samantha, who brought the sex to the city, doesn't appear in the reboot. And this is because there is this, like, quite public ongoing feud. It's interesting to call it a feud because I find it quite one-sided, where Kim Cattrall has sort of said a lot of things in the media, often either through some really, like, tacky or bad publications or with some tacky or bad interviewers, which for me means the credibility is just a bit like... You know, you're not going to talk to Oprah. Questionable. Yeah, questionable, which we'll get into. Um, And it's Sarah Jessica Parker sort of only ever reacting or being, like, disappointed that they're not friends in the media. Anyway, so I'll briefly run through what happened, but I can't – I honestly, I can't get through everything. It would be a whole podcast episode, which is my least favorite trope, to say we could do a whole episode on that. So sorry for just doing it, but I'm a hypocrite. But there's also, if if you do, if you are really interested and want to go for a deep dive, Shameless Podcast, the Australian girls that we love, they are doing a scandal series on it that really deep dives into it. So we're just going to give a sort of overview. Exactly. So in the beginning, it sort of dates back to the late 90s, which is where the Sex and the City like, franchise sort of took over. And Sarah Jessica Parker became the executive producer of the series as well as being the main character. And with that, obviously got a huge paycheck, you know, a raise from just mm-hmm. being a character to being executive producer. The other three um, didn't get this raise and Kim Cattrall tried to negotiate herself, like, a better salary. 
Apparently the other um, the other cast members weren't happy with Kim Cattrall trying to negotiate herself. Very Sarah, strange to which, me. No, slightly different time though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Where you're sort of like we're either all on the same level or we're going to tear down the person that's trying to do like something exactly, a bit different. which is really interesting because in Friends they sort of had the same debacle mm. where I think I'm guessing it was Ross and Rachel or Jennifer Aniston yes. and David Schwimmer getting um, yes. a much higher pay rate and then they all negotiated together Mm. went to the board and were like look we're all going to be on the same pay or we're not doing it and so then they all yeah Yeah. ended up on the same salary which is really lovely and and those guys um and friends i mean i feel like they had a very even distribution of who was getting i agree it was always like who was actually the main character i mean ross and rachel probably were the main characters but it was in the day-to-day it was they had the main storyline i feel but in the day-to-day like 20 minute episodes they were all pretty like on screen, except for yeah. Joey. Joey and Phoebe feel still Yeah, feel- Joey and Phoebe, I know, they were always, there was sort of slight sort tears. Sort of tears, yeah. Wasn't there? Anyway, so essentially after um, Sarah Jessica Parker got these new roles and this new pay, the rest of the girls didn't sit with Kim Cattrall at lunch. Like quite a, quite a petty girl summer thing to do. Like it was the three other cast members in Kim Cattrall. And then five years later at the Emmys in 2004, again, Cynthia Nixon, Kristen Davis, and Sarah Jessica Parker. The three other girls sat together, and Kim Cattrall sat elsewhere. Do you think it was Kim excluding herself from them? I think in this one, Kim Cattrall said, like, she has that line where it's like, we're not friends, we're colleagues. Yeah. And so she's always ran with that line. And I think it would have been, well, just because I know Kim has been the one choosing to speak out about this the most, it might have been a bit of, like, I'm just over them. I'm going to treat this as a job and let me yeah, just exactly. remove myself. And I don't think it. W- I don't think it would be the three girls being like, "Fuck that bitch. We're not going to sit with her." Like I, I don't know. I, I don't think so imagine. because that's almost bordering on nasty girl summer, isn't, isn't it? Which it? we're not a part of. Oh, we are. We're definitely not a part of nasty girl summer. Yeah, when I just referred to that as petty girl summer, that was like, yeah, it's like not mm, what we're going to be doing. No, but it, look, it's all learnings. <laughs> It's all learnings for what to do and what not to do. Anyway, so a similar sort of salary chat and salary thing happened when they were going to shoot the movies. And then um, I think, again, Kim Cattrall was just like, I need to be paid more. And then they obviously did do the first two movies. And then there was meant to be a third. And Kim Cattrall said no. She's sick of playing Samantha. Also, like, I guess she wasn't getting paid enough. She was probably sick of living in the like under Sarah Jessica Parker's spotlight a little bit. And so in 2017, the same day that Sarah Jessica Parker confirmed that there was not going to be a third movie, the Daily Mail, who, you know, what the Daily Mail was like, um, wrote like a hit piece on Cottrell mm. saying that she like blew up the movie. She torpedoed it torpedoed it she had outrageous demands like um she was asking the studio to green light other projects of hers for her to do the movie which i again right. don't know if it's true daily mail so who knows and um so apparently there was like a script written and people were quite excited about it i know that fans of sex in the city are very diehard and so would have oh, loved, absolutely. even if it was a bit trashy you know you'd love something else yeah to you you the, still want to watch it you no still matter what watch yeah. it. and so there was a little bit of bad blood as in like the other girls were ready to probably do it and mm. samantha or kim cattrall was like no we're not gonna do it and then on the back of that, Kim Cattrall sat down with none other than Piers Morgan to talk about this. See, and it, this is just a huge red flag. Like, why? Exactly. Why would, would you, you choose ever? choose to sort of air your laundry? Um, any interviewer in the world. Piers I know. Morgan. So she told 
Piers Morgan that she and Sarah Jessica Parker were colleagues, not friends, saying the common ground that we had was the series and the series is over. Sarah Jessica, she could have been nicer. I don't know what her issue is. I never have. Which is interesting because, like, from what I've read or seen, it wasn't Sarah Jessica with the issue. It was Sarah Jessica probably reacting to Kim Cattrall's either issue or asking for more pay, which is completely fair to do. Anyway, for me, this was interesting, just the decision to go on mic in this way with this person, like, says a lot about the situation. Yeah, It's really interesting to me that she chose that route because I just think a lot of people, just like we reacted, would be like, okay, well, no, because that credibility is ruined. Mm. And then that might be fine on its own, but then there was this Instagram post, which really sadly, um, Kim Cattrall's younger brother Chris died in February of 2018 and she posted a remembrance for him. And then two days later, she went on Instagram and like thanked fans and colleagues, you know, everyone for sending her family support. And then six days after that, she posted an Instagram post that said, I don't need your love or support at this tragic time at Sarah Jessica Parker. Like a kind of publicly, like a screenshot of this text as a full-on Instagram post. I know, that's, oh, that's no, pretty brutal. And, and it's like, obviously, when you're going through grief and trauma and things like that, you do things that you totally Your brain is in, a, is in a different sphere. I know, but then this was really interesting because she, in the caption, said, My mum asked me today, when will that Sarah Jessica Parker, that hypocrite, leave you alone? Your continuous reaching out is a painful reminder of how cruel you really were then and now. Let me make this very clear if I haven't already. You are not my family. You're not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your nice girl persona. And then she said, copy and paste this link. And she gave a link to a New York Post article called The Mean Girls Culture That Destroyed Sex in the City. And the New York Post is just one of the grossest, like, tabloidy fucking publications out there. So it's, again, she's sort of linking, one, to this, like, really not reputable place. And two, Sarah Jessica Parker didn't make a public show of saying, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. She, like, went directly to Kim. So yeah. for, for Kim to have been like, you're exploiting my trauma, again, I mean, like, I've actually been there and your head is all fucked up when you're sort of grieving, but... It's it's like this post is still up. You have time to retract right. this. Like I'm looking at it right now. That's interesting. And it's a really interesting. I don't know. It's it's this use of social media that's like quite quite toxic and quite um, I don't know nasty. Oh yeah, literally public shaming. But I do wonder what has happened behind closed doors. As to and with everything, yeah, like we, we don't, don't know. know because you know, like those people that just. They're so fucking awful, but then they have this sort of persona in the public Mm. that they're this amazing person, right? And we find this out. A lot of celebrities, you know, you hear about these awful stories of them treating white stuff badly or or whatever it is. But, yeah, and so with this, I just wonder what has happened to give Kim Cartrell such venom when discussing Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, that is a very callous, like... Like paragraph, right? That yeah, is a very, very explicit and linked to a like, like equally hate, hate visceral like um, article. Like I read it, and I was just like, "Yeah, ah. absolutely." Well, this is interesting because I too wondered, like, there must be more to the story. Yeah, and then very recently, um, Chris North, who plays Big on Sex in the City, 
released a statement about it or went on record in an interview about it, saying that, like, this whole sort of feud between Sarah Jessica and Kim was sad and uncomfortable and said... I have no idea what her thinking is or her emotions about Kim Cattrall. I do know that I'm very close with Sarah Jessica and Cattrall's descriptions of her don't even come close. So, like, not many people have gone on the record talking about yeah. this because, like, obviously it's not your business. But then I've read a bit of commentary about, like, um, Chris coming out and saying this and just being – and backing up Sarah Jessica. See, that's interesting because I've always really wondered about the other two girls that play Miranda and Charlotte because – well, you just always assume if it's three against one, you're always sort of like, okay, well, it must be that one person. But sometimes it's it's, no, not, sometimes it's not. It's really and not. And the other That's two might have to make. Yeah, very and little to do with it. Absolutely. Maybe they just stayed out. Maybe they aren't brave enough to mm. speak out against whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that is giving mm. Kim Control the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Which we do. Which we do. Which we we absolutely do. Because we don't know. We weren't yeah. on that set. We didn't see the behavior between the two women. Yes. It's just, it is very, very interesting because my my gut is saying, like, just, like, because Sarah Jessica, again, hasn't gone into the press and said this, that. But I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker is nice. I feel like Kim Cattrall is probably nice to the people that haven't, like, denied her extra pay, etc. Right. That would be something that would make you quite spiteful. Yeah, and maybe she's got past trauma yeah. about, you know, pay issues or not being... Like, you know, not being the main role and maybe never being the... Because I think yeah. she was actually the biggest star. That's another thing. Before Sex in the City happened, I think she had done some things that meant that she was actually the golden girl a bit coming into this. That's interesting. And that would lead to it, wouldn't it? Now, Sarah Jessica Parker, the only one we haven't spoken about really in this, like, feud that we're talking about, she's never really directly, directly addressed, like, the Instagram post or, like, the feud as a whole. She did talk about the interview that Kim did with Piers Morgan, Mm. saying um, in 2018 on an episode of Watch What Happens Live that she was heartbroken after Kim Cattrall said that they were not friends, they were colleagues, and she told Andy Cohen, who was hosting... Um, that I found it very upsetting because that's not the way I recall our experience. I always think what ties us together is this experience. It was a professional experience, but it became personal because it was years and years of our lives, which is something you said to me before the other day. Like, how could you not either want to or just by way of working together every fucking day form this friendship like this familial friendship Mm. because yeah I just can't fathom spending that amount of time with someone and it turning that sour but also still playing the roles that you know there's so much love between the characters and And I know they're obviously characters we were saying it kind of ruins it it kind of ruins it for us like when you re-watch yeah like also what's really interesting with the reboot is you know in the the first episode they're setting the scene where Samantha where Samantha and it's all about how she moved to London because um, Carrie's publishing company dropped her as a client and which is really interesting to me because it's obviously all about money yeah and so they've kind of like interwoven so it was like the truth samantha used to be like on behalf of carrie selling books etc and then yeah she was the publicist she was the publicist and so then when carrie is obviously doing some pivot to podcasting whatever's 2021 yeah yeah yeah, exactly and what she say like 
I fired her, but she thinks I fired our friendship or something Yeah, she like fired that. our friendship, and then she's like, I thought I was more than an ATM to her, mm. and I feel like a that nod is everywhere. a little nod. Yeah. I mean, they had to address it, though. Like, and, sure. and people were saying, like, they couldn't just kill her off in case of a, like, final, like, she wants to come back. Or yeah, blah, 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 blah. yeah, exactly. And the first line when someone asks, where's Samantha? You know, where's your fourth fourth crew member they're like oh she's no longer with us and yeah. then the, you know it's yes, the whole like, like <gasps> no it's like no 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 i know but, so sarah jessica parker also in that same 2018 sort of like time frame said that her and kim control have never fought saying to people magazine i couldn't imagine anyone else playing that part of samantha so there was no fight it was completely fabricated because i actually never responded and i won't because she needed to say what she needed to say and that is her privilege which I think is quite a it's pretty like, thought out mm-hmm. um, statement. And to be commenting at the same time not commenting is like hard to do, which is what she just did. So it's all, it's, yeah, it's a very interesting um, feud. It's also just great PR for the reboot. Oh, like, absolutely. The fact that we've done this, Shameless have done something, it's everywhere. Like, number one story on the cart. Like, I just. I can't look past the fact that I've fallen fucking hook, line, and sinker. You should never waste a crisis, which is foreshadowing what we will talk about later on. not before we talk about, oh, first of all, Mm. naughty or nice. Well, none of that is nice. It's it's fucking awful. It's naughty. It's fucking awful. Next thing. Couch Guy wrote about what it's like to be Couch Guy. And we had to talk about this because we spoke about Couch Guy on this podcast at one point. (laughs) I don't remember when. Or how, but I know we did. And honestly, Couch Guy has a way with words. Like, the article's really, really good. And it's, like, it's quite good to hear um, in a non-social media setting, like, an actual long statement or long piece where Couch Guy can actually get his thoughts so out. So interesting that yeah. we are now hearing Couch Guy's point of view. Which, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is kind of, again, foreshadowing because, like, if one person's going to have their point of view, okay, the whole internet, the other person, you know, we don't want double standards. They should be able to say their piece too. Fuck yeah, they should. So Couch Guy opened up. It's funny because I actually don't know his real name, and but I, even if I use it, no one would know who I was talking about because no we way. all know him as Couch Guy. Just gave, like, quite a personal look at, like, sleuthing culture online or, you know, TikTok detectives detectives or vigilante detectives and like the whole um i wrote a little bit about and the internet of fads like the 15 seconds of fame thing and how it's one trend another trend plane club nightclub no sleep <laughs> you know that lady gaga sound where she's like i don't know if you even know it and i, I don't know it. To it yeah i don't know it but i i get the gist it's an interview and lady gaga's trying to talk about her like hectic schedule it's like plane plane nightclub right. no sleep Another club, another club, and it's just like, uh, anyway, it's gone viral on TikTok, which you don't use, and we say it every fucking episode. Every fucking time, but no, I'll take your word for it. Well, I'm going to read out my favourite part of Couch Guy's article. Mercifully, my memedom has died down. Interest in the Google search Couch Guy peaked on, on October 5th, my birthday. <laughs> And I have come to tolerate. <laughs> in this episode, we have both slid in our birthdays, even though they're both no longer relevant. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. It's what being 24 will do to a person. Oh, you'll just be fucking forced to rehash the great old days of your 24th birthday. Um, 
And I've come to tolerate looks of vague recognition and occasional selfie requests from strangers in public. And my digital Scarlet Letter has not carried much weight offline, given that Lauren and the other co-stars of the now infamous video know my true character. Therefore, my anxiety rests only in the prospect that the invasive TikTok sleuthing I experienced was not an isolated instance, but rather, as tech writer Ryan Broderick has suggested, the latest manifestation of a large-scale sleuthing culture. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that like, even though his, his 15 seconds of fame and infamy has died down, it's just showing that like... We do this all the time. Fuck. And like, yes, and it's not stopping anytime and soon. And it's not going to, just by him writing an op-ed as well. Like, I no. have no faith that the internet, even I spoke about on the shit show Gabby Petito and what happened when vigilante TikTokers sort of took this oh. and made it into a moment. It's just like, it's not going to stop, but it's it is not. helpful to hear the other side of the story. And I am grateful for him that he's come out the other side and been like, mine wasn't this bad. I'm not going to victimize myself, but like... It's happening to us. He's artists. still working to humanize yeah. the people behind it. Because, Which yeah, is the point and we're, a great thing. Obs- we're all obsessed with that. I mean, it's mm. like true crime. It's like real life almost. Yeah. Yes. Only murders in and the building. And what can I do to like help when I'm just sitting at my phone? So, like, yeah. half, so half of it comes from it's a power. good place. Yeah. And like half of it, like, you know, is like without the power of social media, we wouldn't have like been able to alert someone about this or this. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But also... There are policemen shit that know how to do their jobs that can do that without the entire internet going wild. I know. It's all because we're so fucking like self-obsessed in the sense that it's like, but I could be the one to uncover this truth. It's hilarious. It is. So I thought like, it's nice that Couch Guy's getting to share his part of the story. And it's also nice that he's not using it again to draw attention to himself, but it's to just be like, Hey, this is how the internet is working. And no, he's yeah. not even trying to stop it. And I think no, he he's just like making commentary yeah. and very articulate, yeah. as you said. He great with words. Really I'm amazed. Taste. Yeah. So, so that's my second audio nice, which is nice. Nice. And yeah. my third one is really nice. Phoebe Bridges and Paul Meskell have made their relationship Instagram no, official. Stop it. I didn't know this. I know. It's over on Phoebe Bridges' Instagram. Um, they are just mum and dad oh, and everything. Absolute and power couple. I just wanted to, uh, talk about it so that is a massive nice now live before we get into the juicy topic of josh bassett taking the mic i think we should first hear from our sponsors i think that's a good idea so, Liv, there are actually some fucking big TV shows that have just landed on Neon this December, and I personally can't wait to get on a break and watch them. Oh, I cannot wait. The Sex Life of College Girls is on there now, and that is high up on our list, Luz. And as an absolute lover of Sex in the City, at, like, honestly, one of my favourite TV shows, I am so excited to keep watching the new reboot. I've watched the first episode, and I'm already hooked, so, yeah, cannot wait for the next one. And because this is coming just in time for the Christmas holidays, I feel like in my, like, 5 a.m. starts that I won't be doing to write the newsletter, I'll have to fill that time because you know I'll still be waking up with, like, all these TV shows, like, 5 to 7 a.m. I'll just be sitting in my bed, like, binging. Your body will just wake up and be like, oh, my God, okay, I'm going to rewatch Succession. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes, and you guys know the drill. We love Neon. Neon makes this whole thing happen. So thank you so much for letting Culture Vulture exist. It is the best thing ever. We get to chat about all things culture with you. And 
By signing up, to be honest, you get access to everything you could possibly want and more. And don't forget, guys, you can try out Neon for free, 14-day free trial. Honestly, give it a go. Fuck yeah, and thank you, Neon, my angels, for making this job of ours a reality. We love you. Okay, Lou, so it's time for our main segment of the day, all about Joshua Bassett, Olivia Rodrigo, and is it sort of ethical to write songs about people in the public eye and and kind of is it your right to as someone yeah, that's lived through it and absolutely absolutely it's a really interesting discussion lucy and i actually we were sat on the couch in our house we we were after just after last week's recording we yeah after last week's week. recording yes exactly and we were just sort of already debating about it and that's when you know it's a good topic because we kept kind of like not arguing yeah. but coming back with you know like what we think and what we like feel and then in the end it was like oh yeah the conclusion is actually quite obvious for this one for me it yes. is yes really really interesting stuff so I think we should just go over the whole Joshua Bassett Olivia Rodrigo drama just to sort of get the context of yeah. the whole situation and we do have a whole episode about this called is TikTok helping or hurting the music industry yes. which is like two episodes back in the feed yeah. so if you want the full rundown please go there yeah so this is just going to be again top a quick line. overview top line but here are the basics. Joshua Bassett and Olivia Rodrigo met in a casting room for the high school musical, The Musical, The Series, which is a fucking hilarious name, um, which is a mockumentary inspired by the high school musical film series. And this mockumentary aired in 2018. It's a series that's still going. Oh, is it still yeah. going? Oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So Joshua was first cast. They were trying to find someone who had good chemistry with him. So mm-hmm. he was cast first. And then when Olivia Rodrigo came into the casting room, it was like instant chemistry, mm-hmm. instant connection straight away. They were like, we've got to make this happen. So she got the part. She was quite young when she got the part, eh? Pretty young. She's now 18 and he's 20. So he is a little older than her, but I mean, yeah, not by but, much. I mean, back then, if this was in 2018 or when they were casting, it would have been like, she would have been 16 or 15, 15 and he would have been 16, 18. and he would have been, yeah, 17, 18, so... And back then, it is kind of, when you're that young, it feels a bit more like... Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that would is have felt, pretty yeah. young. Yeah, yeah, it would have felt very new. And, like, quite cool. Fuck, yeah, the old guy, and yeah. blah, 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 blah. Anyway... So after sort of seeing the chemistry appear on screen, the fans were speculating that the two were dating, um, but a romantic relationship was actually never confirmed. But Rodrigo did say in an interview with LA Times in 2020, um, talking about Joshua Bassett, I love him so much. He's my best friend. So that really made the acting authentic and really truthful. It was like I wasn't acting. And they obviously love interests Mm -hmm. in the series. So, you know. Mm. It's kind of a nod towards yeah. maybe they were together. Kind of like how Taylor Swift does it. Like, you exactly. know, you don't say their name, but everyone sort of knows. Everyone sort of knows. You don't confirm or deny. Yeah. yeah. But then, however, Bassett was seen in July 2020 at a Black Lives Matter protest with another Disney star called Sabrina Carpenter. And at the same time, Olivia hinted at heartbreak on a post on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And then in January of this year, Olivia released her very famous song, Driver's License, to the platform. And then people on TikTok became absolutely obsessed with sort of figuring out the ins and outs of this love triangle. TikTok sleuthing. 
TikTok sleuthing. This is an absolute prime example. So this love triangle was never confirmed explicitly, but judging from Joshua Bassett's GQ interview where he states that he hadn't heard from Olivia since she put out driver's license, like the evidence very much points towards the fact that this was a, a breakup. Yeah, a breakup. He was on Trader. He moved on quite quickly. Exactly. The girl with the blonde hair. Like there's a lot of... A bit older than her, making her insecure. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. It's very Taylor Swift and it's like... Anyway, it is. Great album. (laughs) Absolutely. So then Olivia obviously dropped the whole album Sour and we got a pretty intimate look into sort of this whole breakup. Whoever she's singing about, most likely Joshua Bassett. Well, like the thing is, which is probably a bigger discussion, is that like neither of them or she hasn't like confirmed nor denied. So all of this has an element of our assumptions and mm. our, like, feeling like we're owed insight to this artist's life. Absolutely. So it's like, and also, like, adds to the mystique around the yes. album, right? If you actually knew, if you knew, yes. yes, this is blatantly about this, like, it's not as interesting. Well, because you don't have things to put together. So I think we can, like, pretty confidently say who it's about, but, like, while noting that they've not gone out and said, like, yeah, and I wrote this one about Josh. And yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. So that's the sort, whole sort of premise. And then since then, since that drop, we actually haven't heard a hell of a lot from Joshua Bassett until this month, December the 3rd, GQ dropped an interview, which was quite sort of an intimate look it was. into it's his really life. Yeah, yeah, it's a great interview. I definitely recommend reading it. Um, and what it's like to be on the receiving end of a heartbreak album that has had billions of streams. So Joshua said that I would see TikToks with like 50 million views and 10, mil- and 10 million likes saying, if I ever see that kid on the street, I'm going to fucking kill him. He also said that it's really hard to see that and like be living in New York and walking down the street imagine where there are hundreds of thousands of people walking past you and just like right just being like that's the guy um he also said that he would be on his way to sessions and he would hear two songs on the same station in one uber ride you know two songs of olivia rodrigo's um and then at a coffee shop last summer the staff started playing olivia's songs back to back until joshua left he said an employee actually later apologized Mm. um for doing that. That's pretty fucking cruel. Oh, it's so cruel. And it does um, heart back to the couch guy thing about, like, what you're saying on TikTok or whatever. These people are seeing it. They are. And they're people. They're people. So, like, two things to remember is, one, they're people. Two, they're seeing it, even if you think they're not. Absolutely. They're members of the public, just like (laughs) us. So he has recently come out with three new songs, Crisis, Secret, and Set Me Three. Set me, set me free, and which are his first releases since his song "Lie Lie Lie," which came out a week after Driver's License, which was quite an obvious sort retaliation. of retaliation. 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 Would you say he's to, having a bit of a pity boy summer? Oh, pity boy winter. Absolutely for <laughs> having a pity boy winter. I would do to be honest. Oh, go off, Bessie. So this is a quote from the GQ article. Crisis is all about the crazy PR over the year, and it references. A breakup instigated by the other party. The lyrics are, it's cool if you want me to play the bad guy, but don't go acting like I never loved you. And then weren't you the one who left in the first place? Weren't you the one who called things off? And an ex seems to twist the truth about the publicity. He says in the song, messing with my life as a career move. I can't help but think why you won't make it end. You sensationalize and keep fanning the fire for the sake of headlines. So that, that lyrics in the song? Those are lyrics in the song. So that's pretty, like, intense. Yeah, and I think it's funny because it's so layered, as in he is 
doing exactly what Olivia Rodrigo did, but he's like saying, he's almost, he's doing it and saying like, I can't believe you did this, but yeah. he's doing it at the exact same time. Yeah, I think one of the first lyrics is like, <laughs> I didn't want to write this song, but like, here we go sort of thing, Yeah, which is fair oh, enough. no. It's fair, but yeah. it's funny when you're, like, calling out the other person for doing it while you're oh, yeah. doing it's it. It's hilarious. And he said that his team said, you should never waste a crisis. So, obviously, he knows the ins and outs of PR, and she's probably getting the exact mm-hmm. same, you know, um, yeah. advice. And, and him saying that she instigated the bre- breakup yeah. is, like, but that's not surprising if he could see she was, he was spending all this time with Sabrina Carpenter and stuff. Like, for sure, just you because feel, you wanted yes. to end it doesn't mean you actually wanted to end it without any sort of outside influence, yeah. right? Well, you know, like if um, if he was cheating on her and then she ended it, like fair enough. Yeah, like, it's like that's not really sort of your fault. But anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah. like we go can only issues. assume. Yeah. We can only assume. <laughs> So, yeah, those lines, we can... Hush. Very very sort of explicitly. Very explicit, very blatant, like very obviously about Olivia's album. And then Secret is also about the discovery of of an ex's lie. So the lyrics are, you swore that you only had a crush, told me that you cut him off. Yeah, which, which kind I mean, of throws again, a spanner in the works. We don't know. Maybe not every song's about her as well. Like maybe, I don't know. Exactly, He's exactly. Other life experiences that we haven't uncovered via TikTok. <laughs> He's lived, what, like a year or two without us, yeah. so he probably does. Um, and it also includes the line, when your woe is me stops working, I bet your songs won't sound the same. <laughs> again, pretty oh, brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. brutal out here. Yeah. It is. It is. God, it's brutal out here. <laughs> I just dribbled as I said that. Oh, it's brutal in here. It's hot as fuck, yeah. as always. Sweaty in here. <laughs> and then his third song, Set Me Free, was actually in part about being sexually abused as a child, something he opened up about in that same interview with GQ. He says it was his way of processing this experience and calls it an anthem for me and the sort of people who've held pain and power over me over my whole life. He also says he wants to explore this further in a podcast series that will launch next year in a bid to help other survivors of sexual assault, which is really interesting. It he sort of apparently brought that out quite like unprovoked. They weren't even really asking, but obviously it's relevant to the music that he's just dropped. Yes. Yeah, so that would be an interesting And isn't he donating the proceeds of this album to charity? To charity, well, yeah. he is. So basically, this is sort of where we're at in this saga. Brings to light a whole lot of really interesting questions. But I think before we get into that, we have to understand this happens all the time and songs have been written about so many other celebrities. This is not yeah. a unique case, which I think some people are sort of thinking, oh my God, how on earth could she do this? Like, this yes. is the most evil thing ever. But it's like, this has been happening for so long. I mean, again, we don't just do things because they've always been happening. But I think what is quite interesting is to go into some other celebrities that yes. have written about their celebrity partner or love interest or whoever. Most of these I got from an article from Vogue, by the way. It was quite good. So Cry Me a River, um, Justin Timberlake. Is, Britney? Yeah, apparently wrote about Britney Spears. And then Spears allegedly responded with her single Every Time. There were lyrics in that that say, I have made it rain. Please forgive me. My weakness caused your pain. And this song's my sorry. So a whole lot of like. Yeah, I've heard listen to a podcast about that on the um Pieces of Britney podcast, oh, okay. which is hosted by Pandora Sykes. And, yeah, they go into it. It's really good. That's so good. Yeah. And then 
don't Ed Sheeran. We talked about this before about no, Ellie Goulding and, 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 <laughs> and Ellie Goulding, and then she also wrote a song in return that seems to be about Ed saying, "Next thing that I know, I'm in a hotel with you. You were talking deep, like it was mad love to you. You wanted my heart, but I just like your tattoos." Again, pretty savage, savage, savage. The whole Lemonade album, yep. all about Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I mean, some people say that that's fabricated, but we will probably never know. All of Me, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. That's oh, yeah. pretty explicitly about her. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Honestly, like discography? Like discography. We have a whole episode on this again. Dear John. We've got two episodes on this. We do have two episodes on this, but yeah, you can hear all about that. But, you know... um, all too well, Jake Gyllenhaal, we could have gone into this conversation with that and we sort of did. Well, more because Jake Gyllenhaal didn't, um, isn't a musician, so couldn't um, like respond yes. in the same way. Yes. So it's so much more of a meaningful chat to do it now, right? Absolutely. You're so right. A lot of Kanye's work is about Amber Rose, my mm. beautiful dark twisted fantasy, and then like Bound 2 is about Kim. Apparently Amber Rose says that she avoids listening to that album at all costs, even mm. though like a lot of it's nice. Mm-hmm. But Fair enough. Must, Protect yourself, hey. Oh, know. my God, yeah. It must be very strange to hear someone else's depiction. It would be <gasps> so interesting. Oh, my God. It oh. would be. You'd almost take up a singing career just to be able just to, to say your, your side. Honestly. Yeah, and then heaps of others, like Seven Things is about yes, Nick, Nick Jonas. Jonas. There's quite a lot of Disney sort of stuff in yes. there. Wedding Bells was apparently about Miley getting married to Liam Hemsworth mm-hmm. from Nick Jonas's point of view. Fix You is about Gwyneth Paltrow when her dad oh. passed away, which oh, is that's really cute. cute. And then shitloads from Miley Cyrus about Liam Hemsworth. Thank you, next Ariana. Oh, she about tells everyone. Literally, she puts in her thing about Honestly, Pete Davidson this, having a big dick. So this fucking list, like, is pretty much every every, every song, song. Yeah, every like good song exactly. is written from a true experience for sure. So it's just like this is happening all the time. This is not a new yeah. thing. Also, um, there was a really interesting situation back, sort of in the day, um, when a woman called Patty Boyd was married to both Eric Clapton and Beatles member George Harrison and she inspired quite a number of songs from each and she actually wrote about being the muse behind oh. like songs like Wonderful Tonight mm. um, and other like yeah. really classic songs and in, in her book Wonderful Tonight George Harrison Eric Clapton and me like she is that really, what it's titled yeah, that's I mean titled. if you're not a musician this is what you have to do to get your piece out there and yeah, release a book a hundred percent um and there's a quote from her saying about wonderful tonight I think it was such a simple song but so beautiful and for years it tore at me to have inspired Eric and George before him to write music about me was so flattering yet I came to believe that although something about me might have made them put pen to paper it was really all about them and so true of all of this so true exactly so I thought that was like a really kind of good I don't know, wrap up of what this actually means to write a song about someone, right? Mm -hmm. It's not really about them. It's about how they reflect you. Yes. And And if you're an artist, it's like your job, it's also your passion and it's your life. So, of course, it's about you. For sure. So hard because it's your job as well as like something you do to release your feelings. Absolutely. And it's like, who are we to take that right away from artists? Because without them, we'd have fucking nothing. Well, this is the thing. I feel like we would not understand each other nearly as much if people weren't putting their vulnerable shit out there. And like, not very often, it's super explicit. I mean, dear John, 
young Taylor Swift, yes. you know, there's there's the odd song yep. here or there that will be blatantly yep. about someone. And I don't know whether I have different thoughts on that. What do you think of that? Like her titling her song, Dear John. I think, and she's actually spoken not about Dear John, but about when she went on Ellen and said mm-hmm. that Joe Jonas broke up with her and that's what fucking um, Forever and Always was about. And I think if you're young and you, cause we know what it's like to be young and feel all these feelings and like and we need also need to express it. Yes. And we want people to be able to make maybe their mistakes and then like everyone can learn from it. Like maybe Dear John's the reason Olivia Rodrigo is not writing a song called Dear Josh. For sure. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like we can see the mistakes made before because I do, I would classify that as a mistake. Like I would, I don't know. I think that would be something that she'd look back at and be like, yeah, like that was very explicit. I think, like at the end of the day, her decision she'll live with the consequences, and so will John. This and like, is the thing. I mean, I don't know if they've dealt with that together, but I, yeah, I think I, I don't think I would put the um the name in there. And I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be like it would be like. Well, no, it would not be like I was about to say. It'd be like if something fucked up happened to us. And we put their name on shit you should care about in one of our stories and was like, fuck you, blah, 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 right? for doing this. Yeah. And explicitly just called them out. It's so explicit. And it is so hard when the other person is famous because obviously if – It's another layer of this. Like, it's a two whole celebrities. This it's is not the just thing. an obscure person. Because imagine if it was an obscure person, Olivia Rodrigo, dating someone that no one knew about. Only their close friends and family would probably know that the album's about them. But even then, that is probably pretty hard to deal with mm-hmm. as a person. I mean, I'm not going to take away from the fact that Josh Bassett would have probably had a year of hell oh, with the release of this album. And it is like some people would say, oh, so, you know, you're ruining someone's life over music. But it's like – it's so much deeper than that. It's the whole concept of music itself and the fact that it helps so many people through so many emotional traumas. And Oh, it's the gift of art. It's it, like yeah, it's, we would it's have not just no music. fucking substance to this world if like a handful of people didn't lay it all on the table and teach us shit through what they were painting or singing or composing. Absolutely. It's, you're right. It's so much bigger it's so than much being bigger. like ex-celebrity versus ex-celebrity. It's like, no, like... One, we actually also ask this of artists. Like, the tortured artist trope is something we demand of them in a really cruel way. For sure. And and they give us brilliant work, but, like, at their own expense as well. Well, this is what I was going to say. It's not only – they're not just, like, hating on someone else. A lot of the time people write songs about either them, like, hating themselves or their mistakes, their regrets. Like, they've – I think we, yeah, never give artists enough credit for how much – vulnerability it takes to be able to put any sort of art I mean anything if you're writing a movie if you're directing anything like you're obviously drawing from past experiences even if it isn't blatantly like biographical right autobiographical also a lot of songs it's a mixture of fiction and fact totally like a it's, lot, yeah, yeah it's like creativity. It's creativity. Think of Bellyache. Yeah. Billie Eilish writes about killing her friends yeah. or like her friends being dead in the car or yeah. whatever it is. And it's like she's just fabricating this entire scenario. Yeah, she's probably drawing from. Based on a feeling, a fe- making a, feeling. a world. Exactly. And that's what we do. And we can't just cherry pick what we allow artists to write about and don't. Like we can't say, yeah, like Billie Eilish, you can write the song about like feeling really good. Yes. And then, but you're not allowed to write about your heartbreak or you're not allowed to write about the male fantasy or like being happier than ever because like you've right? moved on. That's like, just a, we cannot like, cherry pick totalitarian control yeah. like that is yeah 
I think we can't um, do that. One thing on the on the Josh Bassett, Olivia Rodrigo thing, and it's a conclusion me and you came to together and one that I think I stick with is like the double standard thing. Like if Olivia Rodrigo did it or if one artist did it, then we can't shit on the other artist for retaliating For sure. As so, well. yeah, in this situation, because like you go on the YouTube, you read some of the comments and like they're all on his song Crisis. It's all like people are hating Olivia. hating on Olivia. And it's just like this is their job. I think this is the way that they survive. They yeah. make their money. <laughs> and they like get their feelings out. Exactly. Like, in the way that some people do like playing basketball or like, I don't know, fucking yeah. doing their thing. Artists uh, are doing their thing, they're getting their feelings out, and are also adding to the world's understanding. Of For sure, emotion. and like it does suck that sometimes people are really hurt in the consequence of that. But also, again, like if you had a song written about you and you'd done something really shitty and you had to listen to it, like probably in the long run, it could be good for you to like face yourself or face how you make other people feel. Because I feel like a lot of the time in breakups, we don't explicitly tell the person how they made us feel yeah. through their actions, right? And I feel like, I mean, it's a very... And there'd be so much nicer than an argument. Just like chuck yes, it in a song. Just chuck it in a song. Chuck it in a savage song. Literally. Um, but you know, it's sort of like, okay... Yeah. This is the truth, well, or their version of the truth about yeah. how they I made them feel. I don't know. I and think they have a right to sort of they do if it happened to them. Yeah, and I think if you're like very open minded in that, I mean, <laughs> this is so much easier said than done. If someone wrote a whole fucking album about me, I'm like, yeah. I doubt I would be able to listen. I'll be to asking it. for fucking royalties. Yeah. I bet some of my one liners would make it into that. <laughs> You'll be like, that is a quote from Lucy yeah. Blackiston. You have to. Fucking I will be. You've interpolated that from me. No, you've sampled that from me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just think like. If we're holding one person to one standard, we just hold the other person to the same standard. To the standard. same standard. And at the end of the day, we're not going to jump on this mic and say, you should not be writing about your feelings. You should not be releasing songs because it's like, holy shit, music is often the only thing that gets us through, like, whatever we're going through. For sure. And also, I mean, we can't... We can't disregard the role that the media plays in these sort of conversations because, obviously, we are in the part, media. the media, and we're trying to talk about it in a way, obviously we're still bringing light to the situation, mm. but we're trying to talk about it in a fair and thought out fair way. And balanced way. Yes. Even though we are just like, yeah, we love that they're writing this shit. Yeah. And, but then also how these people's PR teams or how these people use the media and all of it to like, Olivia Rodrigo released like one of the best selling albums pretty much ever mm-hmm. off of this big PR spin of mm-hmm. TikTok and cheating and driver's license and like, for sure. It's everything. It's all just a hand in hand in hand. It's a bit of a game. Isn't it? And I mean, I was on Snapchat and you know, like those horrific oh my Snapchat God, stories. And then like, there's just this lady recapping what happened between them. And then she's just going on, I feel really bad for Josh Bassett. Like, blah, blah. This lady is like 35 or something. And it's like, that is just so yeah you can feel bad for him but people are actually going to listen to this and yes. take this and it's just like such a flattened version yeah, of this conversation yeah. that i feel like a lot of people aren't actually thinking deeply enough about this like don't hate on either of them let them both do what their art is and like if i don't know just fucking and this- have a well thought out like think yes exactly well have some, think. Have i obviously didn't just <laughs> <laughs> about that sentence have a yeah have some evidence behind your claims i guess exactly now, now love i do have one final question for you yes 
What's on your radar? Oh, God, what is on my radar? I wrote it down. Okay, what is on my radar is The Lost Daughter, which what, have you he- seen this? I feel like I always say, what do heck about your on my radars? I know. <laughs> no, I haven't. And the thing is, I've always got these things on my radar and I've and barely consumed want- any of it. No, and my list is just growing bigger and bigger and bigger. But I just don't see how people have time to sit down and watch like a two-hour movie. I mean, I'm sure I would if I carved it out. But... For me, I don't have the attention span, but right. like I want to. Yeah, I know. Holidays. But this one looks really good. Because they all do. We never watch any of them. Anyway, go off. Go off but um, this is a film called, yeah, The Lost Daughter, directed by Maggie Gyllenhaal and it stars Olivia Coleman, oh. Dakota Johnson and Paul Meskel is in it. Okay. Added to list. Literally. I don't Added really... It's, it seems a bit freaky. I think it's sort of about motherhood but okay. it's like... I don't know whether it seems a bit like thrillerish vibes. Um, yeah, just watch the trailer. Honestly, looks really good. Apparently might be up for... They think it might be up for an Oscar. So, Who does the voting there? We do not know. We do not know. But yeah, Luce, that is what's on my radar. What's on yours? Um, don't look up. You know that film that's got like the star-studded film? Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yes, Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. Who else? It's got um, Meryl Streep, Kate Blanchett, Timmy Chalamet, Kid Cudi, Jonah Hill, Ariana Grande. Like so many fucking cameos. It's almost overwhelming. Like, it is overwhelming. And apparently it's like satirical, like sci-fi-y about two astronauts. Oh they are trying to warn, warn mankind about an approaching comet and they're doing it by like going on a media tour. So I feel like, like to be honest, Nick would love this because of space. We would love this because of the media. So maybe we should mm-hmm. watch it with Nick and oh. do a shit show like crossover. Yeah, maybe we should. Over, but, over summer. Yeah, over, over summer. summer. So that is that's what's on my radar. My last thing that's on my radar is the survey about um, culture <laughs> vulture that we're doing Cannot for and with Neon. You guys should uh, go do it. It's in the show notes. And Ruby definitely didn't tell me to add this little one-liner at the end. <laughs> yes, it will absolutely help us out. Yes. We love you for doing that in We advance. love you in advance. We also love our producer, Tiahe Butler, who comes and sits through our shit chat every week. We love him and we love the spin-off podcast network who, like, hosts us and sort of look after us. Liv, I also love you, and I love Petty Girl Summer. I love Petty Girl Summer already. I love you. Love everyone. Love yous. Love you all. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.